0: Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doing it, one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. My co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this on Monday, April 6th, 2020. And <laughs> what's changed, Aaron?
1: Not much. I still live in the same room I've been living in for, like, the last decade. It's my studio. That really hasn't changed a whole lot for those people that have been
0: work-from-homers. Your life has gotten that much more complicated because your lovely bride, Sabrina, is also working from home, but she works in television. And so you two are, are now have to sort of trade off your home studio space, right? She has to have it for like eight hours a day for her job, and then you have to have it for your job, right?
1: Yeah, you remember the old cartoon with the uh sheepdog uh morning Sam, Warren
0: Ralph, uh kind of that. <laughs> I love that cartoon. Thank you. That's it's actually one of my favorite Warner Brothers. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it it is. I mean, face it, we are still in the same situation. In the fact, you know, it, it's kind of a one step forward, two steps back situation. I mean, I mean for example, just last week there was those five hundred theaters that reopened in China and then mm-hmm suddenly closed again. It's hard to get a real clear read on exactly what happened. Though some folks i have spoken with the film distribution side of the business over this past weekend, they've suggested that it wasn't so much that these theaters, or for that fact, that the Chinese government ordered these theaters closed again because they were afraid of infecting the populace, but rather because no paying customers came out to buy tickets to the movies that were playing in these reopened theaters for that five or six days that they were reopened? Well, weren't they
1: trying to reshow them the first four Avengers movies all back-to-back and didn't, I guess, China just said no thanks to the whole package? Or were there more options?
0: You see, the thing is, I want to apologize because on our last show, we put out incorrect info. I was talking about how, what it was, it was going to be the original Avengers from 2012 and then Infinity Wars from 2018. And Avengers Endgame from 2019. It turns out they were going to go full bore. They were going to do all four Avengers movies, including Age of Ultron from 2015.
1: Well, it wouldn't make sense to drop that one because that's where Vision's introduced. I mean, it wouldn't make any sense. All of a sudden, you got a talking raccoon, and then all, and then Vision out of nowhere, and it it would just throw everything I, off. I,
0: <laughs> I get what you're saying, but it's just sort of like I actually had someone at Marvel Studios break it down for me that literally between each of the four films. Uh, there they were going to be three bathroom breaks, three 10-minute-long bathroom breaks. Well, but the idea was they'd start at noon with the original Avengers. And, but with these 10-minute-long bathroom breaks, it literally came out to a solid 11 hours of film. And in fact, so you, you'd go into at the theater at noon, you'd come out at 11 o'clock. And the thing is, if you once you came out at 11 o'clock and if you'd stayed for the entire thing, they were going to hand you a T-shirt and a limited edition poster. So, the, you know, it would have been kind of cool. But again, to circle back to this this closure of the theaters, a Hollywood reporter interviewed one unnamed exhibitor back on March 27th, and they said this second closure will not be for a one- or two-week period. Theater owners over in China are going to be even more cautious of when they attempt to reopen again, and this is going to set us back a long time.
1: Did they leave it as a month, a season, a year? What is a long time? Are we talking about buying our caps in Nuka-Cola caps and Guzzoline? Have we
0: gone Fallout Four and Road Warrior on this? Oh, uh, I, I think the thing that, that you know is kind of the canary in the coal mine is that the fact that Black Widow got pushed off a full six months. You know, it's now opening. You know, November sixth of this
1: Do you year. feel that's an optimistic date right now, or do you think that's a a good place for it? I think it's optimistic.
0: It is just so hard right now because there were some, and face it, we have what the federal government is telling us, what our local, you know, for example, New Hampshire only just over the last 10 days or so finally did the gave a stay at home order. We were one of, you know, the tail end Charlie's, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And if you you talk with the folks at Disney, it's not necessarily a good sign that they're waiting till April 19th to furlough all of the employees working at the Disneyland Resort and the Walt Disney World, and, well, excuse me, all non-essential employees. You know, the fact that they hung in there as long as they did, and then they looked and was like, okay, this is probably going to take longer than we thought. And the weird part of it is, is I think for the exhibitors, they're looking at, and remember, you know, the Trump back on March 10th to the effect you know, suggested that it could be as late as July or August. It's particularly telling just this past weekend. He did a phone interview with the officials in charge of the NBA, the the Major League Baseball, NASCAR, the NHL, and the NFL. And evidently what came out of this phone call is it's only the National Football League that might be able to eke out a normal season this year. and. Anybody who operates a stadium that relies on the crowds that come out for team sport. This is a disaster.
1: I wonder for Disney's case, they're an entertainment company. Mm. What do they have left? All of their parks are closed. All of the films that they were making of the many, 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 many umbrellas that they have Mm. for making film and television are all shuttered. What the heck does does Disney have a good print? Do they have a, a, a magazine of any sort? What's left
0: for them to push? but the interesting thing is the one thing, in fact, everybody is now looking at it like, wow, the genius move was launching Disney Plus back on November 12th, that every other major entertainment company, in fact, you know, think about poor NBC, Universal, Comcast. They're supposed to be launching Peacock Live now. There's
1: nobody to push the on button in the the big building. (laughs) They're in a bunker. It's empty. You hear the wind
0: blowing. (sighs) it's it's a it's a tough time though speaking of which we were were talking disney plus and of course you have to if we're, we're you know here on this podcast we have to talk about the marvel limited series that were in the works and I was trying to get some definitive info about what's happening right now isn't going to impact She-Hulk or Moon Knight. And right. I'm blanking the name of the other. Oh, oh, oh. Ms. Marvel. Uh, Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's not going to impact those, but they already bought that ad to promote that the Marvel series were coming on the Super Bowl this year. And so it's just a question of, okay, so where were you? when the lights went out, when the order basically came down. I I think they started shutting things down on March 10th and then formally started shutting them down on on March 14th. And the interesting thing is WandaVision was supposedly done. In fact, Aaron, the interesting thing on March 1st, they actually had a wrap party. But then in the kind of, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe tradition, they were doing reshoots and plussing when the order came down the 14th to shut down the show likewise falcon and the winter soldier we've talked about that they were over in prague shooting for they were only supposed to be there a week and the word came down after just a couple of days it's like get everybody on the plane and get them out of there cuz you know that the, the borders are closing and we don't want to get people exposed loki i must have talked to three and four different people couldn't get A definitive answer. What I found out is it started shooting in January, which isn't necessarily a good place to be. It was shooting in Atlanta under the working title of River Cruise, and it stopped on March 14th. So Disney Plus so desperately needs these shows to arrive on time because after The Mandalorian finished its six-episode run, It was like that was great what else you got and it's like uh timmy failure and it's like nope not interested i would have to think
1: that for feige or marvel in general they are considering putting the entire mcu on hold because everything is so interconnected it wouldn't make sense i mean sure if they have the ability to film something they're gonna do it if they have any ability to move anything forward they're gonna do it however i don't think that If they just had the ability to suddenly film Black Panther 2 for some reason, they would do it and release it right now. I think they would keep everything locked in its tightly knit story-driven place and uh, just freeze everything in a moment. And then, you know, thaw it out in six months and whatever you can work on. Like writing. Writing is usually Mm -hmm. an individual, right? Between them Mm -hmm. and their computer. So you can write a lot of stuff right now. Maybe some of the stuff from WandaVision that's been shot, maybe that can be edited because usually that's an individual that will be piecing the elements together. Then they got to shoot it over to the director and get some feedback and make changes. But usually that's a one or two person job. Uh, It's when you start getting into the special effects and and the sound where you start getting into more people. But
0: they're doing what they can. I mean, I'm sure you saw the announcement just last week that just Jeff Loveness. He's a writer, co-producer of uh, Cartoon Network's Rick and Morty show. Uh, he's been hired to write the third installment of the the Ant Man movie series. So, yeah, they they they're oh, doing oh. what they can. Stop,
1: stop, stop! Now, the Rick and Morty guy. Apparently, I I heard on the twitters, but apparently mm. he said some really really nasty stuff about the Prime Minister of uh, England there, uh, Boris who has got the the COVID right now and not doing well health-wise. So if his nasty words come back to bite him in the near future, don't be surprised by that.
0: Oh, man. Not another James Gunn situation. Yeah, this is not a time to
1: not be civil. I mean, you just can't... (sighs) Yeah,
0: I'm trying to find good news to share with folks. And and, and again, the, the folks at Marvel wanted me to point out that we're just starting... Phase Four, with Black Widow. So okay, it gets pushed off, but six months because if that's opening in six months and Shang Chi has been pushed and Eternals has been pushed, it means that Kevin Feige's careful multimedia narrative has been knocked out of whack. But you know, in two years' time, when again, when all of this stuff is on Disney Plus, you can sit at home and watch everything in the exact order that that Kevin already intended and. Because it's the start of Phase Four, and I mean, think of it—how much more terrible this situ- situation would be for fans if we, we were waiting on End Game. We just seen Infinity Wars, and we're waiting on End Game, and it's like, oh, I'm sorry—that's you know because of you know this pandemic, and you know we can't finish the effects <laughs> and that sort of thing. We're p- pushing off six months again. They'd be rioting in the streets. Mind you, people would be social distancing as they're rioting in the streets. And, you know, but. <laughs>
1: Hurling insults from afar. Stand back, or I shall taunt you a second time.
0: I said we already had one. I'm sorry. So, anyway, uh, talking about the, the the limited series that Marvel Studios is is prepping. Because in the middle of all all of the news that was coming out early in the year, we kind of missed a big story. Um, it came out of the a winter television critics conference, which is typically held in late January. And here, Kerry Burke, uh, who is the, pre- the vice president, uh excuse me, the ABC Entertainment president. We've been shining a spotlight on all of these limited series that Marvel Studios is making, but it turns out that evidently ABC, and, and for me, this is fascinating because we are basically a month out from the seventh and final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. starting uh, on ABC. I, in fact, I... I I guess they haven't locked whether it's going to start in the first week of May or the second week of May at this point, because, you know, frankly, so many series are shutting down production earlier. You know, Grey's Anatomy just last week announced that I guess two and three episodes away from when they planned the finale is now the season finale. So, you know, they're still adjusting the schedule, but in the middle of all this, that evidently ABC and now Marvel Studios, not... well. Not Marvel television, because I think as you pointed out, Aaron, that went away, but they're talking about putting together a new weekly series for ABC. And you, Aaron, were we're talking about basically the virtues of that, how that could really be significant this time around. If
1: you look at something like we've been discussing how critically important it is that WandaVision is connected to Doctor Strange 2, etc., etc., but that's a moment locked in time in the overall mm-hmm. story. Whereas if this is a thing on ABC that's going on over many, many seasons, it could end up becoming the spine that is connecting the rest of the MCU. The way that we wanted Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to, it was nice that they mentioned Thor 2 when Thor 2 came out. It would have been better if Thor had actually shown up when they mentioned Thor. But So mm-hmm. hopefully this time they'll actually... Right into the contracts when Brie Larson signs away that she has to do twelve movies and thirty-two appearances, that one of those appearances will be on this new ABC show where she shows up and does something cool for a couple of uh, shows, and then jets off back out into the galaxy or whatever.
0: Got it. Again, now to to circle back to the pandemic. I mean, we've talked at length about the impact this has had on Marvel Studios, and you know the the limited series they're doing for Disney Plus. But, you know, you got to remember where this all started. You know, the Marvel was a publishing company and, you know, the, all these movies are based on comic book series. And did you see Marvel Publishing is has halted roughly a third of the comic books? Yeah, uh, It was planning on putting out on, uh, in May. And I was yeah. kind of astounded at the numbers here that evidently we, Marvel originally planned on sending 103 issues of different comic books out the stores next month. and There were 106 planned for June. But obviously, with comic book stores around the country closed, and because now, particularly with so many, it's stay-at-home and shelter-in-place. And and the problem is, from state to state, there's disagreement about what an essential business is. And it really, in spite of what GameStop was trying to do over the past couple of weeks, a place like GameStop or a comic book store, really has trouble selling itself as an an essential business. So obviously with these closed, it makes no sense to to send all of these comic books out into you know, to stores. That's a little concerning. You know, when you think of basically a third of what they planned, you know, has been shut down and Lord knows what's going to come for June.
1: There's so, so, so many, businesses that are being put on hold whether they want to or not i know a lot of restaurants are having a hard Mm -hmm. time because if you were specifically dine-in only and then the governor shuts down gatherings of four or more people or whatever then and and you're put out of business and it's and you don't know how long and you've got you know x number of employees and rent issues and it just it complicates like every problem it gets uh, exponentially more complicated even the biggest ones, like I was saying with Disney, with mm-hmm. their parks being shut down, look, they spent $74 billion for
0: Fox-ish. Yeah, yeah, 74.1. And, and
1: then if it takes, like, what does it take to keep the park open for a day? Uh, 5 million, 10 million, you know, whatever that number is. And it's like, and how many parks do you have across the world? And you mentioned uh, in the last episode about Shang-Chi and the sets just sitting there idle and nobody working on it, how much does that cost? And how many of those sets do you currently have in production, right? So even though the Disney heads have taken a pay cut, I don't even think it's enough to cover like a 10th of that cost that they're losing on a daily basis. You know, That's part of their annual salary that they're just throwing into a fire that is raging right now, that's doing nothing but consuming money because there is no output except for Disney+. Plus. And the only thing they can do is have con- have new content to get new subscribers, and they can't film anything new. So what are you going to do, Disney? <laughs> well,
0: I'm sure you've seen, like, for example, what HBO has done, where they've made the whole series of Game of Thrones or the whole series of Westworld or, or um, Watchmen. Yeah. Marvel Unlimited has just done the same thing, that for a limited time, they're unlocking fan favorites, whole series like Secret Wars and Secret Invasion. This is their digital comic book subscription service. And this started Thursday, April 2nd through Monday, March 4th. But what they're doing is entire runs of curated selections of complete story arcs are going to be completely free, which that's at least one way of keeping the Marvel fan base engaged while we're all sitting around waiting for Black Widow to show up in November. So you got to give them that.
1: This is a time in media, traditionally. We look at the way that people's lives change, patterns change. Normally when we broadcast, it's Monday through Friday. Weekends, Mm -hmm. we do it a little bit different because your schedule changes. You're not going to work. You're not doing the nine to five. So with that flexibility is when we can catch you like on the radio, our program director would put talent that you normally would not find in the Monday through Friday afternoon slot in the weekend afternoon slot. So you could be introduced to someone new if you've got a new schedule. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, Because everybody's at home, a lot of people, like you said, HBO are opening up floodgates, Marvel's opening up floodgates, and it's not just to keep their new fans or their their current fans satiated, because we've already read those old issues. It's nice to go back through them, certainly. I appreciate that they're there. We'll not knock that at all. What they are doing right now, though, is looking at a whole bunch of people who have cabin fever. They're trapped in their house. They would love for some entertainment. They've watched everything on Netflix. They just crave something as a distraction. And when you say, hey, here's a bunch of stuff you may have never been exposed to. And if you just want to read a good story, check out some of this pile. And it's a way to be introduced to new people so that when things do go back to normal, you might have a a few people who were like, oh, my goodness, I found this character. I found the X-Men during this time. And for whatever reason, it spoke to me. And now I'm an X-Men fan. And specifically, uh, Mystique is the one that tickles my fancy. So now they go back out to comic book stores when they reopen and they buy the X-Men with Mystique comic books. It's a time to, for the businesses that exist that create media to open up the floodgates and go, look at us, kind of peacock mm-hmm. for a little bit. Look at my pretty feathers. So that when we do get back to business as normal, we've made a new friend. We've engaged them in a conversation that they've enjoyed and we hope they come along for another ride with us with, you know, if it's Westworld, then maybe we'll engage and and buy HBO when this trial expires so we can finish off the rest of the season or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it's really a time for, yes, fans, here's some stuff, but you've already watched it. It's really more of a time of let's find some new people by just letting it go for free so everybody in the world can consume it. If you've heard about it, this is your chance. And then when things get back to normal, give us your money, sucker! <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works. Sorry, it's truth. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, the
0: Though, again, we've been talking about uh, the rescheduling of, of all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, and we haven't touched on Morbius, which uh, Columbia Pictures also decided to push off. This was July 31st. Right. This is out there. In theory, the theater should be reopened at this point. And the fact that Columbia going you know, just sort of stared down the barrel of what's going on and go, no, we're going to push this out to March 19th to 2021. They moved Morbius, but they did not move Venom 2. That's still October 2nd, 2020. So for me, it's fascinating what stayed and what moved. In fact, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that Pixar is still standing fast with soul That's still got a June 19th release date. And it's like, what are they smoking up in Emeryville? Cause everybody else is shutting down everything.
1: They have to be at least optimistic. I mean, it's gotta be expensive to change a release date, right? And it's not just, yeah, it's not just a matter of, well, it's in the can. It can sit there whenever on the shelf, because Mm -hmm. when you, whenever you do decide that you are going to release it, you then have to reinvest all of the money you've already spent in Mm -hmm. advertising to say, Hey, remember that thing we Mm -hmm. told you about? Well, here's the new date. So you got to, you know, spend twice the money on the advertising. And I think when they're, they're looking at, it's like, Hey, there's enough time where we can be optimistic Mm -hmm. and hope it dies down by then. And if we really need to move it, you know that they've looked at a calendar already. It's not like they mm. just are, are not going to move. It's a matter of they have a date on the calendar. And if COVID is not X better by whatever date, mm-hmm. then they're going to look at the second date that they've chosen on the calendar and go, all right, guys, push it.
0: Ah, Push it. Push it real good. Uh, push well, push <laughs> speaking of uh, something that may have gotten pushed too hard. Uh, New Mutants, which, if it had sucked to its schedule, would have been on our theaters this past Friday, April 3rd. New Mutants is currently without a release date. I mean, it, it got pushed so hard, nobody knows where it is. I can't say the name of the executive at Disney who told me this joke, but basically, they, they, apparently the joke is making the rounds now. we are more likely to see the New Mutants on the side of a milk carton than we are to see it in a theater. This is, what, the 25th time they rescheduled the, the release date of that movie? And they're not even bothering to set up a release date. It's like, hey, we pushed it, and who knows where it will end up. All right. Well, don't you go anywhere, folks, because when we come back, we'll have some good news. I want to follow up on last the feature piece we did on our, our last Marvelous Disney show, and Basically, it was which actor has appeared in the most Marvel Cinematic Universe films. And it was Kent Ireland who pointed out on, on Twitter that unless I missed the fine print disqualifying him, isn't Stan Lee the actor who's been in the most MCU movies? And Ken does have a point, Aaron. Sure. But because it's only cameos, it's only these, these short little appearances, can we count that?
1: Well, we were going by character not Mm -hmm. by actor. So Mm -hmm. right there, it becomes a question of, the the defining question then becomes, is Stan in fact playing the same character? If you go Mm -hmm. by the Captain Marvel cameo where he's back in time reading the Rats script that he's about to appear in, that makes Mm -hmm. Stan the god of the entire MCU by some weird sort of meta translation. Mm -hmm. So in fact, that would make it, uh, if he's the same character playing God throughout, then fine. Uh, then there's the cameo where in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, he was uh, mm-hmm. chatting with the Watchers up on an asteroid in space somewhere, uh, talking about how one time he delivered a package to Tony Stank or whatever, and they all had a good <laughs> chuckle. Uh, mm-hmm. So that in that case as well, if he were a Watcher, uh, then yes, he would also qualify as then playing the same character throughout if it's just stan having a good old time on set and it's an unnamed world war ii hero who's getting trashed on thor's little dose of uh special norse juice that they had at Mm -hmm. the party then uh then it doesn't count so we need marvel to speak up and let us know is stan either god or watcher or none of the above and, that, and then you'll have your answer officially.
0: Okay. I will confer with, with the powers that be at Marvel and see if somebody has a definitive answer in this. But speaking of stuff that popped up on Twitter, Eric Eisenberg over at Blend noticed something that Scott Derrickson, uh, the gentleman who directed uh, the original Doctor Strange, posted this past Friday. In regard to Marvel revising its release schedule for two thousand twenty two thousand twenty one. 2021 and remember, Scott is the guy who actually walked away from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Badness because he just felt there wasn't enough time to properly do that film. And in fact, if we heard anything yet in regard to that Sam Raimi thing, I keep waiting for that to become official.
1: What could you do outside of make an announcement that nobody can work on anything? Because, yeah, there's there's just nothing going forward, so...
0: Okay, I get that. I get that. But the interesting thing is that, according to Mr. Jerickson, all of these big tentpole movies, these event films that Marvel's making, it's actually a good thing that they had to push their release dates back to 2020, 2021. And as, again, Scott explained on Twitter, the pushing of these big tentpole release dates will increase their overall quality, more time for script and production design development, And he points out that Blade Runner looks so amazing because Ridley Scott and his team took a year during the 1980-1981 Actors and Writers Guild strikes to perfect the visuals. So they actually used this off time or this, you know, kind of mandatory downtime in their favor.
1: A lot of cases, I think you can do that. It just depends on what your job description is and, and if you can, you know, work from home.
0: Because Mm -hmm, if you're mm
1: -hmm. part of an orchestra, well, actually, there was a video of a whole orchestra doing their bit from home solo and then pieced together online. So it's really amazing how many people are finding out today that they can work from home. Mm Because how pissed are they going to be when they actually have to go back to work? It's like, no, I've been comfy in my pajamas for the last month. Thank you very much. I understand I've got crumbs in my beard. That is nourishment for later, sucker. You just back off. I will growl at you like a bear. (laughs) No, but I mean, that's the thing is like for a lot of people at the, uh, Mm -hmm. at the TV station is like, it's impossible to work from home. And all of a sudden this happened. It was like, Hey, you think you really can work from home? And a lot of people really can. And Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people are. And so when it, when this goes back to normal, I think that the office workplace may Mm -hmm. not, be as crowded and you want, to, you want to know something really scary I hope this is true mm-hmm. I hope it works out for like where mothers can get longer maternity leave like mm-hmm. the idea of hey you know what you can be not here physically but still be here so mm-hmm. maybe you could work from, you know if, if your normal leave was six weeks maybe you can get 12 weeks and the last six you're working from home so we're not ripping you away from your baby right away Maybe that's a, a new thought process that we'll get out of this.
0: I would love it if something positive comes out of this. Right? You know, because yeah. It's just... Oh, speaking of something positive, over uh, this past weekend, evidently Robbie Downey Jr. turned 55. And Chris Evans actually reached out through Twitter to pay tribute to, uh, well, as he said, happy birthday to one of my absolute favorites, love you 3000. So mm. it was like, oh.
1: I think that means that he's about to die. Does he know that? <laughs> the script has been written. Have they filmed? What's going uh, on? I'm, I'm nervous now.
0: Uh, uh, oh, you killed. <laughs> okay. Speaking of things that killed, that killed me, did you watch that video I sent you, or did you... you did, did, oh, I watched you it. To... Oh,
1: I, no, I watched it. I watched okay,
0: it. Okay, all right. Okay, what I am referring to, and first of all, I want to make sure to credit uh, Seth Kabersky. By the way, he and his wife Genevieve are two of Nancy and my favorite people down in Florida. But Seth wrote an article for Attractions Magazine. But Seth, as an old Universal Florida employee, is probably one of the only people who'd remember that this show existed. But this is, we're talking about the Marvel Superheroes Showdown at Universal Studios Florida. By the way, if you want to check this out for your, yourself, folks, Go to the Attractions Magazine website. The piece that Seth wrote was posted, I believe, back on March 29th. But I think the Zapruder film had better camera work. But what did you think of the Marvel Superhero Showdown show?
1: Well, that high school troupe should be proud of the work that they did. And the mothers that designed those costumes did a fantastic job. I love the fact that Iron Man came out in his spandex the way that we expect Iron Man to come out, even as a kid. Because I watched wrestling growing up, you know, watching guys jump on guys on and throw them down on the concrete. Mm-hmm. And wrestling, they sell it, right? That, mm-hmm. f- for when I was a youth, I thought it was real. I later realized mm-hmm. what the gig was. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> okay. but, the, but this thing... Was like, come on, guys. Have you ever seen wrestling? I mean, anyone pick up a tip. The only thing I would have been excited about as a kid would have been that the voices actually sounded like Wolverine from the animated 90s X Men series. And that I was like, oh, wait a minute.
0: Hey, now I love that you picked up on that. This show debuted summer of '93 at uh, Universal Studios Florida. And the X-Men animated series only debuted on Fox Kids the previous year, on uh, October 31st, 1992. So you're right. In fact, I, I would honestly be surprised if, if we could get a hold a, of a voice cast list if they didn't reach out to that production team and, you know, get the same voice talent to do... Because, yeah, uh, face it, yeah. everybody on stage was lip-syncing.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: So this thing, <laughs> you folks... It predates the original X-Men movie, which, again, didn't arrive in theaters till July of, of 2000. And it certainly predated the Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man movie, which, which wasn't in the theaters till May of 2002. So, you know, a lot of the color palette for this came from the animated series and the comic book. So let's be honest.
1: At that time in, in history, they didn't even know how to film that. I mean, you remember those mm-hmm. kind of like back in the Corman Fantastic Four Days versus even the current fantastic four looked leaps and bounds better uh with the Mm -hmm. suit and and what they came up with for the the overall design but the thing was is at that moment in history comic book was still for kids so it had very bright primary colors Mm -hmm. and they were they popped you know visually and and it was all about Yeah, yeah color and and comic book and bright vivid Woo! wow nothing about this is supposed to be realistic. And I think that's where it kind of falls apart is it is so cartoony and outlandishly fake. You know, when they do a maniacal laugh and they put both arms in the air and they shake their fists and there's like a battle raging around you, dude, you might want to throw a punch to help out your team, but no, put both your hands up in the air, like you're surrendering and then laugh maniacally like an idiot for 30 seconds. Cause that's what the script called for, you know, it's just so outlandishly crazy.
0: No, no, no! I get that. Oh, by the way, I guess we should properly anchor this. That the the Marvel superhero showdown show was presented at the edge of Universal Studios production central area, just at the outskirts of. Oh, that parks new york city backlot area i the set is right up against the ghostbusters show building i did it actually serves as kind of the the, the backdrop for this uh, street sun show
1: i was surprised to find out ghostbusters was in the mcu when the camera panned over to the right a little bit and i was like wait a minute <laughs> I, I, I was t- yes! i didn't realize until that instant that that's how that was set up i was like okay whatever go for it sure I,
0: it's new york no, yeah gonna- absolutely you're not wrong. I mean, that's the thing of when you're in a theme park, it's, you know. The, yeah, that I can fly. The number yeah. of times Beetlejuice interacted with the Ghostbusters. But Oh Universal's Ghostbusters Spooktacular show, which which had been an opening day attraction at this theme park of how was one of the only few that worked the way it was supposed to back in June of 1999, had been revamped about the, the same time in 93. So supposedly Universal used Ghostbusters downtime to then build this Marvel superhero showdown set uh, up against that building. And uh, yet again, using some of the physical plant. But show begins late spring, early summer of 93. It's relatively short-lived. stops being presented right after Labor Day in 1995. But for a short-lived show, it had a huge impact, largely because it was based on this show and the fact that you know, when Universal was putting it together, it reached out to the folks at Fox Kids and said, "Hey, can we get the voice actors?" And likewise, let's do the costumes and the props so they they look like they're out of the comic books, so they look like out of the animated series. And it was this that sort of showed Marvel Entertainment that Universal could be serious about using its characters in a theme park setting. And this then opens the negotiation to a far more ambitious plan, one that calls for an entire land featuring uh, the Marvel comic book characters that would then play a special role in the theme park that Universal Creative planned on building right next door to uh, Universal Studios Florida. Now, mind you, at this time, the, the second theme park was called Universal Studios, with the idea that it would be filled with comic book characters as well as your favorite Characters from classic animated cartoons and
1: Spider-Man and the Pink Panther right side by side what was going on there?
0: I was kind of hoping for Ralph the dog and can I forget what the wolf was called Anyway, this park of course eventually became uh, renamed Universal's Islands Adventure. MCA Recreation signs a master licensing deal with Marvel Entertainment in March of 1994. Uh, Islands doesn't open till May of 99. If you go into that theme park today, they do a similar sort of street show. I mean, mind you, you know, people aren't rappelling off of buildings and getting knocked into vats of mutant goo. Mm -hmm. But among the two performers, in fact, that's of the two videos that are, are part of Seth's story. What is it, about a minute and a half of the original video that shows The characters coming down and interacting with the kids up against the police barrier and signing autographs and crud like that. Mm -hmm. But even today, if you go over to islands, you can still pose with Wolverine and Storm and get your picture taken, collect their autograph. Are they
1: using currently a costume that is more representative of the films that have been done, like a Hugh Jackman type costume? Are they still skewing more cartoony comic book style or what's going on with the the look right now?
0: Very, very much so. In fact, I know they updated the amazing adventures of Spider-Man attraction, but again, that was more about bringing in 4k projectors and high def imagery. But if you're talking about the, the suits in the park, you know, honestly, I bet you could stand the Wolverine costume from the 93 show next to the costume that's being used today in 2020. And they'd be virtually identical. But that's because when they were designing the park, it was whatever the animated series were doing, whatever the comic books were doing, right up until 1999. And that's where the look is basically locked. That's sad. Why? The problem is the terms of the licensing deal. And also, Um. Disney has been trying... Since it acquired, uh, Marvel, geez, 2009, since, you know, they acquired the characters, they've been trying to get the theme park rights back from universal. So,
1: well, locking them in the nineties sure as hell is a good way to let it, you know, I mean, it's going to rust with age. It's like, you cannot polish it. You're not allowed. You can't get you know, the shine back. They, Whatever the 90s was, is what you are stuck as. And that's like, what yeah. if we had a mullet in the 90s and you just didn't know any better? And that's, we're like, hey, kid, that's what you're stuck with for the rest of your life. Good luck getting a job. Like, whoa, 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 whoa.
0: If you go to any single one of the stores at Marvel Superhero Island, at Islands Adventure, every piece of merch is right up to date. And oh, so often it. is not, it's movie merch. It's, uh, you know, the, the, endgame it's infinity wars it you know i'm sure in a couple of months it'll the shelves will be stocked with all sorts of black widow stuff but
1: well that makes money that's fine I, that that actually qualifies so it's just a really really nice store with mm-hmm. an outdoor pavilion that you have to walk through
0: <laughs> yeah there you go so oh by the way i i guess we we should also credit the the gentleman who actually wrote this show uh jason sorrell Started off his career at Universal, writing shows like Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure. He then went over to Disney, worked with the Imagineers, and actually wrote some truly excellent theme park history books. Cannot say enough nice stuff about the stuff Jason's written. Books like Haunted Mansion, Imaginary a Classic, Pirates of the Caribbean, From the Magic Kingdom to the Movies, and Disney Mountain's Imaginary of the Peak. These are great books, folks, and particularly at a time like this when you're trapped at home i uh, looking for something interesting to read. Chase those down. It's a great fun, but...
1: I have to apologize for trashing your playwriting there just a few minutes earlier.
0: <laughs> I no, understand no, no. you're it's a nice just, person.
1: Uh, I just no, have no. to eat this crow no, right now. Thank you, Jim. I'm it, no, stuffed. That no, was
0: delicious. No, 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 no. It, 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 seriously. Even Jason, I'm sure, w- would look back at the show from 93 and like, yeah. You
1: yeah. know, but we all do that but that again,
0: party, it yeah. just working with the tools you had. Sure. And by the way, Jason since 2014 has been back at Universal and is part of the team there doing you know excellent work at their parks. But all the other websites are sending you to recreations of people doing recreating theme park rides in their homes and this sort of thing. And here you get to do the real thing. So uh head over to Attractions Magazine uh their website. Again, I want to say this story went live March 19th. And again, when you watch the show from 27 years ago, all that you can basically think of is like, wow, I cannot wait for the Avengers Campus to open in Anaheim because I hope that's as good as this looks bad.
1: All right. Well, before we wrap up the show, then we also have to tell you that if you're looking for other stuff to listen to, Marvel's been putting out, they had the uh, old Wolverine podcast. They've been putting out recently on Stitcher Marvels, which is a uh, new audio drama, which is told from the perspective of like the ground up, uh, looking at the heroes fighting overhead from like the view of some reporters and some policemen and, and whatnot. So if you're looking for other stuff to listen to from Marvel specifically, head on over to Stitcher and look for Marvels. Episode one is called Galactus cometh, which I mean, how much more fitting is that for an end of the world scenario than Galactus himself? I'm going to dive into that. Jim, do you have anything more enlightening to listen to besides the destruction of all of humanity through Galactus's mighty appetite?
0: Well, we've got the podcasts here, but I don't think they'll have quite the production values that the Marvels do. I mean, we've got Disney Dish with Lentesto. We've got Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor. Uh, We've got Looking at Lucasfilm with Dan Z. Uh, Universal Joint with Dustin Fuse. And of course, I want that with Michelle Valladolid. Tell you what, folks, if you could do Aaron and I a favor and head over to iTunes and rate and recommend this show. If you can head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that's incredibly helpful. You can find us over at Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media and on Facebook at Jim Hill Media News, and we'll be back soon.